Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad you're back with us today. Today, we really do have the gold experience. We were such a tease. (laughs) Such a tease. We didn't mean to be that. We didn't, but but we were fortunate enough to have an opportunity to speak to Tom Moon, and we think it was well worth the interruption addition to our coverage of this time period. Yeah, he was great, super friendly, fun to talk to, had wonderful stories. So if you missed that, do go check it out. But today... We have the gold experience. We are back on our original track. That's right. I can't believe you would let anything stand in the way of getting to this album, especially Tom Moon. So Tom Moon really should be just honored by the fact that you were willing to postpone speaking about this album to talk to him in person. Especially when our two favorite tracks on Come were the ones he liked the least. Yes, although we liked them for reasons that were just... I like listening to this. And he had issues with them based on music science and right. things. So. Yeah, because musician, we're not musicians. Yeah, he we're... picked up on things that we wouldn't, and yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, and we're totally cool with that. Everybody likes something different. That's why we love Prince so yeah, much, well, because wasn't... there was such a variety of music. Yeah, it's so. not Tom Moon's job to Yeah, to like, like everything. <laughs> That's our job. Uh, although he clearly did. <laughs> he did. And um, you can read a lot of his work online, other reviews, and a wonderful tribute to Prince that he wrote on Medium.com is worth looking up to. Yep. And I'm sure that's been on the social media. You yep. can find us on social media, Twitter, at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcaster. You can send me an email if there's something you're just dying to have and you don't want to do the socials. And that's tmatspodcast at gmail.com. So, the gold experience. Yeah. Came out September 26, 1995. Parenthesis, finally. Finally, yes. Because yes, it was delivered to Warner Brothers with Come. Correct. Yeah, In and he wanted them released the same. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, and it had also been preceded by the single for The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, which was released on Valentine's Day. 1994, though it wasn't associated with this album at the time, but um, if you look at this collection of music as a whole, we had like more than a year and a half from the time when the first single was released to Prince touring and appearing on television, promoting this album until it finally was released. Yes. Yes. He was about done promoting it by the time it came out, I think. I think he was (laughs) done promoting it about a year before it came out. (laughs) It was the first full-length album credited to the love symbol. Yes, first full-length album, although the single, For the Most Beautiful Girl in the World, was the first release credited to the symbol. Right. Uh Yes, but this is the first full-length album. Correct. The Most Beautiful Girl in the World did end up on this album. Yes. Warner Brothers wanted it for Come. Yes. Prince said no. Yes. This is by the love symbol. Come is by Prince. Yep. And it actually fits better on this album, too. So he was he was right, regardless of the reason he gave. Right. And what does Warner Brothers care? They got it on an album by him anyway. They should have been thrilled to have it on an album, his first with the his new name, uh, because it had some recognition and was very successful independently of Warner Brothers. And then they ended up with it on an album anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It reached number six on the Billboard 200 chart and mm-hmm. number two on the top R&B albums. Yeah. It was certified gold December 7th, 1995. Oh, it was certified gold on September 26, 1995 <laughs> when it was released. 
but you're right. Yes, men. it's sold. Yes. I thought I, I was pretty impressed. I knew it had been certified something. I didn't remember what, but even yeah. to be certified gold, five hundred thousand copies. It sounds. Looking back now, that sounds like a great figure. That's awesome. Of course, Warner Brothers was disappointed. Yes, yeah. they were. Critics were, liked it quite a lot. Pretty yeah. well received. Yes, I think that a lot of the folks who felt that you know, come was this dark kind of strange album. This one is a lot more. It is equally strange, but it <laughs> yes. is like a celebratory kind of strange. Yes, um, kind of a whirlwind party experience again, and not. Nearly as dark. I think this is a much more hopeful, even though there are dark moments on the album, it's uh, much more forward-looking, I think. Yeah, it's a lot more fun. I think this is where Prince's heart was. Right. And he also separated these tracks not only into albums by Prince and the artist formerly known as Prince, but also into the songs that he was most into, I think, at the time. Agreed. Agreed. that was pretty clear. Yep. It maybe got lost a little bit in the whole fight with Warner Brothers. Most definitely. But... Well, whatever. It's a great album. I love this album. I know you do. It's one of my favorites. It holds a special place in my heart because this album came out two weeks before our first date. Yep. And I remember you playing stuff from this for me. And that was really when I started to appreciate Prince as more than the guy with the hits on the radio. Mm. Well, good. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, falling in love with you kind of Uh, meant falling in love with Prince. And so this, if for no other reason, I think it's a great album on its own. But Mm -hmm. for me... Yeah, it was part of the college experience and the start of our relationship. And I was looking forward to it because I knew so much about it, but hadn't really heard it in uh, its entirety yet. And... You knew nothing about it, and yeah. you were open to listening to what I had to play yeah, for you. You were a nice. cute boy who mm-hmm. took me out to dinner <laughs> in your convertible, and I was happy to listen to whatever you were going to play for me. And then I really liked it. So, you know, it holds a special place in my heart. Shall we look at the album art and the booklet and yep. all that we before have, we get into the... Yes, you yeah. bet. We have our original CD purchased uh, at a time when $17 was not easy to scrap up. So uh, we took very delicate care of our original issue of the Gold Experience on CD and the booklet. Yes. And still have them. Yes. Got one little crack in the case. But yeah, we well, we can replace the case. It's yep. not that big of a deal. You know, I would before I revisited the album artwork, I was thinking in my head how the early '90s were not known for some kind of gestalt <laughs> graphic design. <laughs> wow, perspective, okay. anything like that. But I thought, you know, this album was pretty nicely designed for the 1990s, but. Now I look back at it and... Um, Are you less impressed? I'm impressed by the photography. I think the yes. photography is great. The lyrics and graphic design show their age, yes. I would say. There's no clear pictures of anybody, which is kind of okay. Like That's the cool. pictures That's are there and they've got thing. like a filter kind of over them where everybody kind of looks like they're behind a, a gold curtain. mesh. Yeah. yeah. A little like diamonds and pearls, honestly. Yes. A little like that. But like gold balls and gold balls. very uh, blurry. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it was clear that they didn't quite know how to handle the symbol as a graphic element and yet. Nope. We've got drop shadows going a hundred different directions and it's 
kind of gold or yellow in some places and is black in others. And, um, you know, Tommy Bobarella has a knife and he's cutting an apple. <laughs> in front of his face in yep. the air. Yep. Yeah. Um, and interesting, you noticed this morning that not all songs have the full, not have not only not full lyrics, but not any lyrics at all printed yep. in the booklet. P control is yep. completely absent. Yes. So I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit. There's going to be lyrics that are, have some contention. Okay. So, and we don't have an official. Yeah. Unlike space, where we had an official lyric booklet to refer to. Well, you had a booklet. I don't know that it was really all that well done <laughs> or accurate. <laughs> Someone typed the wrong word or spell check turned hand into head. Mm, whatever. Yep. So pictures of the band, Maite and Prince, or the artist formerly known as Prince, are in here. Sonny T is in here. Tommy Barbarella, Mr. Hayes, and Michael Bland are all pictured throughout the book. And um, then there is a kind of a story or a almost a PR piece about the artist formerly known as Prince by Jim Walsh in the back of this book, which I had forgotten about. Yeah. But there's six pages devoted to kind of the story of the name change and that this is clear that Prince is still seeking something new again and we should all be along for the ride. Right. And my understanding is this is a review of the album from the St. Paul Pioneer Press that Jim Walsh wrote. Mm -hmm. He also wrote a book later called The Gold Experience Following Prince in the 90s. Yeah. So if you'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'll have to. I'd like to have a look at it. Okay. The Steels website, mm-hmm. uh, the, the background fit, singers, the background yeah. singers um, list that they participated in this album, mm. Prince Vault, and the uh, booklet are a little less clear yeah. and definite about that involvement. There are a lot of things that seem to be unclear about participation and credit on this, so yeah. we'll get to it. Yes, we go through the album. Yep. Behind the CD, yeah. there's there's a cool picture, and I'm like, hey, that looks like a stage design. It is. It's a stage design for the Gold Experience Tour, which was kind of less extravagant as the stage design <laughs> looks. It uh-huh. was more abbreviated, and of course, Prince was tired of touring this material long before the album came out. Right. So it's a good look, good look at the stage anyway. Yep. Um, also neat to point out that, and we'll cover this in the next episode, when Prince appeared on David Letterman yeah. months before this album came out, David held up a copy of the album to show what he was there promoting, which he had a nice joke about. But it was a metallic gold thing. Oh, I didn't um, remember that. And the printing of the final booklet is just simple four-color printing. It did not include like this foil or metallic finish that the version that David Letterman had. Mm-hmm. So Cool. I just remember that very well because I remember him holding it and thinking, someday I'm going to get that. Uh-huh. And then and you're like, I did get oh, I didn't, it. And I I didn't like, get oh, quite that. No, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds the same, though. So we have 12 songs and six NPG operator segues and about an hour and five minutes of music on this mm-hmm. thing. So it's a relatively long single disc album, especially compared to Come, which was like 20 minutes shorter. Yep. Well, because this is where his heart was yes. when he delivered these to Warner Brothers. Correct. Yep. So, our very first song. Are we ready to dive into the music? We are. Go All ahead. All right. P Control. It is not Cat Obedient School. No, it is not. Or How to Control Your Cats. <laughs> no, 
it has very little to do with cats at all or right. nothing, unless you consider women cats. Well, yes. Felines. Yes. It was a promotional single. And crazy enough. Yeah. <laughs> so just like Let It Go was recorded late for uh, the album Come, this song was one of the last songs recorded for this album. It was recorded in July 1994. Cool. It was originally titled its full name, and we'll use some language here that you might want to close your kids' ears for yeah. if this bothers you. But originally titled Pussy Control and then shortened to P Control so there wasn't an issue with retailers stocking and selling the album. Right. Even right. though you cannot, you can barely read it on the back of the disc <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, so it would not read. have been that difficult. No, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But yeah. So Prince Fault credits... The artist formerly known as Prince, as he was known then, with all vocals and instruments, but there are other voices on the track, most notably the first one that you hear. Yes. Which is Maite. Yes. And I think this is an explanation for why there are not lyrics in the book. Oh, yes, because she says in Spanish, Uh our special presentation will start shortly, but first... A message from our sponsors. Right. Nuestra presentación especial comenzará en breve. Pero antes, un mensaje de nuestros auspiciadores. So, uh, the American Society of Pea Control is a special <laughs> sponsor for this album. Um, but I thought this song did two things. It was Prince introducing his new name as a wake-up call. When it, The first lyrics, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't good evening or good afternoon. It was good morning. morning. This is a uh-huh. new beginning. Yep. Uh, this is your captain with no name speaking, and I'm here to rock your world. So he's introducing himself as I'm going to lead this thing, and I've got no name. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm the love symbol, yes. and, you know, you can't say my name. This is your captain with no name speaking. Yep. I don't. It's not Victor. Right. <laughs> Covered that. By the way. <laughs> yes. So that's the first thing I saw the song doing. The second thing was sort of the message of the song, I guess, was Prince using his James Bond method of naming women. <laughs> this is a 007 yes. heroine name, if I've ever heard one. Yes, for sure. Right. Yes, um, but it wasn't belittling in any way. No, it, it was absolutely all about female empowerment. Yes, and, exactly. That yeah. was where I was headed. It was really about empowerment, despite... If you are just, I could see you being a concerned parent and hearing this coming from your kid's bedroom and going, WTH, I'm uh-huh. turning this off. Yeah. But, well, that's uh, the a message very... of the song shouldn't be what puts you off of that. There's some MFs yeah. in there that if that's you true. have an issue with that, that perhaps would oh, be a yes. reason to turn it off, but not the message. He of the song. breaks out all the curse words I in this song. It. This is probably one of the most curse ridden songs. In Prince's catalog, we've got P, Control, mm-hmm. uh, MF, Hell, <laughs> Damn, all in this one song. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I can think of another Prince song that contains all, all of that, that range from, you know, harmless. <laughs> all of George oh, Carlin's and, words you can't say on television. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I really loved that um, Pussy, our heroine. Look to forgive and empower other women rather than have revenge. So yeah. when I was remember first listening to the song, I was like, yeah, you get him, pussy. She hired the heifers that jumped her and made every one of them work for free. Uh-huh. She hired the heifers that jumped her and made every one of them work for free. 
Uh-huh. But she didn't. Yeah. I missed that there was a question mark at the end of that. Yeah, no. That she was, she was saying their mamas didn't give them good advice. Right. They didn't have a mom who told them, girl, you need pussy control. You need to get your life together before you get a man. You are correct. Yep. No, why so? What if my sisters are trifling? They just don't know. She said mama didn't tell them what she told me. Girl, you need pussy control. I love that. I miss that yeah. in the 90s. Yep, that's very, very, that's a good point. That crosses out about 50% of my notes for this song. <laughs> um, love the, I mean, is there a simpler chorus for a song in Prince's catalog than just screaming the name of the song in a falsetto <laughs> voice? Uh-uh. No, um, but it's so great. Oh my gosh. If you listen closely, you can hear him breathing over the drum beats and parts too, oh, especially in the cool. middle of the song where he's going, ah. Yeah. Uh, headphones help a lot. Yeah. This is a good one for headphones. Well, especially if you have children around. Yeah, and great turns of phrase. I remember my roommate after graduating college, this was one of her favorite songs too. The three of us would hang out and mm-hmm. this song would come on. Uh, the mayor of your brain. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, the person who rules your mind and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I love the mayor of your brain. <laughs> but the mayor of your brain. I like that he uh, makes sure that we know he's not done yet. He tells us, verse 2. Verse 2. He calls them all out. He calls them yes. all out. It went one more verse to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need it's good to know. It's like a progress bar during <laughs> peak control. <laughs> With one more verse to the story, I need another piece of your ear. I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Here is a possibly contentious line. Okay. So, and this fool named Trick want to stick her. And this fool named Trick want to stick her. <laughs> Talking more. I always thought it was more poop than a little. Uh-huh. Oh, but is it shtick? It could. Here, there's a thought. Talking more shick like the razor uh-huh. than a bick like the pen. Talking more shick than a bick. So mm. you're taught. So shick is slang for something cool, okay, or real slick, mm-hmm. and bick is like a pen or a lighter. So a pen would be smart, like you use your pen when you're in your graduate mm. school, or your lighter. It's hot. So he's talking cool and slick and not smart. Okay. So he's talking more chic than a bick. He's talking more cool than smart. All right. So, that is not how I hear it. However, I do not feel, near, feel nearly as strongly about this as <laughs> head versus hand. So it could be either. We don't have official lyrics, right? But I've always heard it, sung it, thought of it as uh, the former rather than well, what you described. I had, but I had two. That does not fit unwell into the whole point of the song. Yes. And I had always heard it the other way as well. Mm -hmm. And then I came across these lyrics that suggested this and I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a fun. It's a a, cool theory. It's a cool theory. Yeah. And I'm, you know, we don't have an official lyric, so we don't know for sure, but it was worth pointing out. Cool. I will not, I won't push back on that. Okay. What does the mayor do for a living? Because she, he could go platinum four times and not make what she makes in a week. You can go platinum four times, still couldn't make what I make in a week. 
what does she do for a living? Maybe it's not about money. That's what I thought. That uh, oh. it wasn't just about financial. It was about, like you said, respect personal empowerment, and, the mm. amount of respect she commands, okay. uh, the amount of self-confidence she carries in her life is worth well more than that. And then on the last song of this album, you know, it's he says that it's not about money. It's about experiencing something new and right. something different is more valuable. So okay. different cool. uh, type of value, mm-hmm. I think, would be my response. Yeah. The breakdown is really cool. Breakdown! I, when he calls out breakdown, oh, that's, it's so good. that's pretty cool. Yeah. And the fact that he's calling it out to himself because he plays every instrument <laughs> is also pretty sweet. Don't forget, this is what you're doing next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to leave a little marker here for myself so mm-hmm. I know what to play. Yep. And of course, our heroine needs a strong man in her life. Mm. Prince is the man for it. At least he wants to be. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and positions himself well to be that person. Yes. And I always love the juvenile delinquent line. Yep. And the fact that funny. it starts in the right channel. And then as he explains uh-huh. why you shouldn't call her a whore, he kind of walks into the center of your head. <laughs> explaining it to you <laughs> is great. Yep. Yep. So I thought that this song, like we said, it's obviously kind of set up to not be part of the album based on the introduction by Maite in Spanish and the fact that it's not listed in the lyric book. It's not even, it's on the track list, but not in the lyric book at all. So I, my theory is that Prince is a pioneer in also in many things, but also in positioning a bonus track at the very beginning of an album. Show me who's done that before. Mm. I Show me no who's one. done it since. I know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So then the MPG operator greets us. Mm-hmm. Man, Prince loved his segues on his albums during this time. He they really started did. with the Love Symbol album that we covered in 1992 with Kirstie Alley, and they were just segues. And then in Come, we had his poetry that they weren't marked as segues or tracked as such, but, but in, they were but they there. were there. And here this one is a narrator who's present throughout the entire album. I guess you could say who's guiding you through keystrokes and computery kinds of things to help you along in your experience. Mm-hmm. It's like the gold experience Siri. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Except you don't ask her to do things. She just does it. Well sometimes the, she'll ask you to what your preference is. You get multiple choice questions basically sort of. from her or yes or no somebody somebody got multiple choice That's questions true. from her we didn't we really. just get to listen to we it. do dave freelander also known as chronic freeze did confirm uh-huh. on the 2009 thread he did on prince.org that the voice of the mpg operator was a client services representative mm-hmm. named rain ivana from the Hollywood record plant. Right. Where mm-hmm. Prince had recorded a lot of prior music also and mm-hmm. recorded some of this album. Um, I think that's cool. Like you said, it was a little bit of a mystery who she was. There are videos that have a woman speaking into the camera during these parts too. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's her or if mm-hmm. it's a stand-in. It looks like one of the ladies from Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love videos and the series of videos from that album. Yeah, that's fair. She looks like... Yeah. That type of, yeah. you know, person. Mm-hmm. So we get greeted by her, welcome to the dawn. And we've <laughs> known that basically in uh, almost every Prince album leading up to this, the credits will say, may you live to see the dawn. Uh-huh. It was in the end of the Purple Rain credits. 
um, the movie. Mm-hmm. So we have reached this place, apparently, that Prince has been... He saw this as a place he was striving for for a very, very long time. Welcome to the Don, playground for the new power generation. Yeah, people complained a long time. When are we going to get the Don? I'm like, we got it in 1995. Uh, yeah, a little. <laughs> uh, not not the album. Not an no. album called the Don. Uh, but at least um, a representative place with that name. Yep. She says there's over 500 experiences to choose from. Here's a sample. There are over 500 experiences to choose from. Here's a sample. Yeah, so, so that tells you kind of what was in the vault, I even so. in the early 90s. Yes, it does. I'm like, ooh, that's a nice little insight. Yeah. Hey, uh, estate. Yes. There's Let's a lot of busy. stuff there. Yeah. Let's Let's hear it. I know. So that same NPG operator segue we had heard before, if you were a proud owner of the interactive CD from 1994, which was yep. kind of a Prince meets the world of mist, M-Y-S-T, uh-huh. adventure. Yeah. Um, the reward, one of the rewards for kind of finishing the puzzle of the game was the video for interactive, and it had the same segue before it. Yes. So, very cool. Very cool. Um, that leads us right into Endorphin Machine. Yes. Oh, a promotional single in Japan right. and Japan's B side to I Hate You. Mm-hmm. Darn those Japanese people. <laughs> Getting all the cool stuff, man. Yeah. The machine, quote unquote, yeah. is likely a reference to the sex machine in Barbarella. Oh, okay. So there's or a... in James Brown history? Yeah. Okay. Yes, but there is yeah. a specific machine. Yeah, and he mentioned that film is one of his favorites. Yes, mm-hmm. and there's a shout-out to Tommy Barbarella. Mm-hmm. Tommy Barbarella. I think specifically because he wanted us to make the connection that the endorphin Barbarella. machine is... The machine in Barbarella, that's what he's kind of alluding to and talking about. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that Tommy Barbarella got more shout-outs on <laughs> Prince studio albums than any other uh, musician that he worked with. I mean, Prince called out a lot of musicians, mm-hmm. but he did this with Tommy Barbarella a lot. Yeah. Which is very, well, very cool. It's fun to say. I think his style of playing is so distinct that yes. it's not required. You can tell when it's him. Playing and kudos Fair. to him for you know yeah. bringing that kind of thing to Prince music, but yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. So uh, an earlier version of the song was on the CD interactive, and I think a lot of fans had a little bit of frustration with the album version because of the additional instrumentation mm-hmm. that was added to it. It was not quite left in its most raw form, which was a little more fun, but the way it was finished certainly matches the polished sound of this golden glittery album yes, that we have here. that's fair. But the addition of the cowbell is a point of contention. Oh, I can really? tell you that. Yes. Oh, are people divided on cowbell? People aren't wild about it. You know what? I'm always a fan of more cowbell, so... More cowbell. Okay, it's still a <laughs> rock Saturday and fun Night song. Saturday Night Live skit is not incorrect. It needs more cowbell. Yes, well, it does. Prince agreed, and this could have inspired that skit. Who knows? <laughs> um, you know, Prince coined the term funk and roll late in his career, and mm-hmm. I think this is one of the early examples of funk, funk and, and roll, roll by Prince. It's a rock song, but very, very funky. Yeah, awesome. 
awesome. I love the guitars at the start. It's such a strong start with these screamy kinds of lyrics and Mm -hmm. the guitar is so raw and fun. And And some of Prince's best studio screams are on this track all over the place. Yes. These like back of the throat guttural screams. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. It's fantastic. Hmm. Uh, Don't be shy. This won't hurt a bit unless, of course, you don't believe in it. You know, maybe it's not a literal machine like in Barbarella, but, and I'm not sure what belief has to do with it, but <laughs> it's oh, I think fun. it's just, you know, be committed to the moment kind of yeah. statement. It's not the first thing, you know, Prince has a history of saying, making a point to spell out, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> this is just one example, so I guess the, there were scary hurt moments. You. Badly. Yes. I'm not going to hurt you without your permission. Permanently, right. You might enjoy it a little bit. Yep. Again, this song addresses Prince's death where he sings every now and then, there comes a time you must defend your right to die and live again, live again, live again. So this is a great, I don't know, reasoning or support for why he's doing what he's doing and you know it's just it's not the first time in his career that he felt the need to start over in one form or or another as a challenge to himself yeah and i think the song touches on that a lot too yeah Mm -hmm. uh it's got one of my favorite prince lines let's hear it sure is a dippy dippy wave of my do It's Which just fun. Is great. However, by the time this came out, his hair didn't have much wave. <laughs> it wasn't very dippy. It was more pixie like. He uh-huh. had the, uh, you know, yeah, Dudley Moore haircut oh. going on. Generally, I'm a fan of Prince looks. Did mm-hmm. not like his hair here. I agree. I preferred the typhoon. The typhoon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. But no denying this is a great, I mean, almost opening track, kind of opening track. We mm-hmm. get two opening tracks of this song. That's how less spoiled we are as Prince fans is we get two opening tracks on one album <laughs> that we waited two years to hear. Mm-hmm. He speaks so fast at some points that almost he can't say it. You there with the clinical disposition. Oh, I thought it was cynical disposition. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I misspoke. Okay. But because it's you so argue, fast. You argue with me about lyrics. I'm so sorry, no. Wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's cynical <laughs> it disposition. cynical disposition, yes. not the clinical disposition. Well, she's not she's like been, a PhD student. <laughs> she's been diagnosed with <laughs> some kind of attitude. <laughs> Oops. Yes, he does fly through it, and when he sings this live... You can tell it's tough. I mean, <laughs> he's got half-decent rap skills, and he can speak quickly. Uh-huh. But even this was tough to time and get correct. It's hard to say. Yep. Hard to say. Then he's got this scream with guitars. Oh, man. It's good stuff. I love it so much. Yep. Yep. And this is kind of, to me, an example of, you don't have to understand a song to enjoy it. That's very true. quite know where he's going with this or what he's getting at. Well, interestingly, one of the unreleased NPG operator segues mentioned this, mentions the Endorphin Machine, and it's mentioned on the NPG album Exodus, and there's even a drawing of the Endorphin Machine in this album. That we'll cover a little later. Okay. So maybe there's more to discover. But the unreleased segue 
what the NPG operator says, something like, to find out what happens to our heroes, see what happens with them in the endorphin machine on the NPG <laughs> album Exodus. It's like this promo for the album. So we'll cool. get there. But yes, there is a drawing of the endorphin machine. Yeah. And then it finishes up with, in Spanish, Prince is dead. Long live the new power generation. Uh-huh. Prince está muerto. Que viva para siempre el poder de la nueva generación. One of my best friends in college, who I roomed with and also had a room next to throughout college. Of course, I shared this music with him, and he uh-huh. became a Prince fan at the time, too. And he was from Marfa, Texas. And could speak Spanish, so I asked. There was no Google Translate or anything yeah. at that point, so he was the one who initially told me what was being said at the beginning of this. Aw, that's cool. Yep. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Randy. <laughs> All right, then we have shh, S and three H's. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this I thought origin- you were talking to me. <laughs> this originally appeared on Tevin Campbell's 1993 album, I'm Ready. Yes, and I'm for all that I like and respect Tevin Campbell, he was his relationship with Prince goes back to super late 80s, and in 1990 he was in Graffiti Bridge and mm-hmm. had a hit with Prince in Round and Round. Yep. Um, I went back to check out the original version of Tevin Campbell's I'm Ready, and Tevin Campbell was not ready. No, uh, no, uh, no. He was okay. He was sixteen. He was too young for to do the song, and he was also I don't know. Well, it's like I feel I felt bad. I feel bad for anyone who Prince gives music to, and then Prince reclaims the song. Yeah, it's, it's hard to. It's usually you're going to get destroyed. Well, and he was sixteen when this album was released. Either a young sixteen or fifteen when he recorded this, and the. Moans and groans in the song made him so uncomfortable that the only way he would record it was that if everyone would leave the studio, except for the people who absolutely essentially had to be there to do the recording, they'd have the lights down low and the curtains drawn because he couldn't sing it in front of anybody else. And to me, if you're so young that you can't do those things in a studio with people there... You're too young to do it. Well, they were right to turn all of those things off. The only thing they should have also turned <laughs> off was the microphone. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, a yep. lot of Tevin Campbell's music, I think, is great. Um, this song just did not seem to suit him very well at all. However, Agreed. Prince's reclaiming of it is um, one of the best slow burn sexy ballads that Prince ever recorded. Hmm. To me, this okay. is this is like. The Beautiful Ones territory to me. Really? It's that good. Oh. Yes. There's a lot of things I like about it. All right. Well, let's hear those um, first because so, I feel like there's something else that's going to be said. <laughs> so the drums at the start are really, really strong. They're he is, really amazing. This is like Michael Bland's destiny to be with Prince to play drums on this song. Yes, and the guitars are fantastic. All right. I think that this is basically a duet between Prince and his guitar throughout the entire song. That's fair because there is a vocalization yes. with the guitar <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah. it's it's, amazing. Yep. It's really, it's really good. It's the kind of thing that Prince did always so well live, but rarely could capture 
in the studio. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel so strongly about this song. And the guitar work and his vocal work come together like it's a live performance. And it has a live sound to it, too, which probably helps a lot. Yes. I really love this reference to his name being the symbol. What's my name, baby? Mm-hmm. I love you. Yes. I've always loved that line. Yes. Like he asks her, you know, it doesn't uh-huh. matter what his name is. Yeah. She loves him. Love That's is the most I'm, important. Yeah, yes. exactly. What's my name, baby? I love you. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like we're going to take a turn here. A little bit. Okay. I'd rather do you after school like some homework. Okay. Okay, I get he wrote this for Tevin Campbell. Yeah. Who was at the time a teenager. Yeah. So that makes more sense. Right. A man in his late 30s should yeah. not be singing that. You don't think so? No. It was just like a comparison of like... Because it makes him sound like a pedophile. Uh, okay. I can't <laughs> argue with it because he says after school, like like she's in school. Yeah. Okay, I think it's him saying it's something that I want to do... Late in the afternoon, like I would have done in high school. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Now that I know that he wrote it for a teenager as well. I don't, yeah, I don't uh, know. Was it written for him or was it written and given to him? I don't know. I don't know who was, which came first. Squicky either way. I'm sorry. That's just, all right. (laughs) Then we have, I'd rather wait until everyone's fast asleep and then do it in the kitchen on the tabletop. Which I love the way he delivers the line. Yeah. But dude, this is a common area of the house. You didn't want to do it in the bed because you'd have to stop. You have to stop on the kitchen table. Somebody's going to get up for a drink of water, go to the bathroom. And by the way, they didn't have Clorox wipes back then. They had Clorox. <sighs> it's about like the adventurous side I, of it all, right? I so understand. That's, that's all it is. Yes. And maybe he picked places that weren't as... Safely adventurous enough for you. Our table has a glass top on it, so that would be bad. <laughs> and talk about fingerprinting. <laughs> or something printing. Yep. Um, and then he says, candlelight? No, I don't think so. The crackle of the flame will just spoil my flow. Which I is very, love that line. It's poetic, but how easily distracted are you? It's just about the amount of attention he's putting into and the amount of detail he's putting into his he's, efforts. He's just that focused. He's that his focused. His senses are so yeah, well, heightened. Also, he's so dedicated to candles. The fact that he's willing to give them up for this moment ought to make you feel pretty special. Sex is not all I think about. Uh-huh. It's just all I think about you. Sex is not all I think about. It's just all I think about you. Yeah. And I really wish he'd left that off. You do? Well, I he do. didn't just not leave it off. He says it, it twice. I know he says it twice, but... I think he liked it so much that he said it twice. I don't know that it was even a planned thing. It's a song about obsession and about uh-huh. sex. So yes, it's not it a time her... that he's going to stop and say, Candlelight, no. 
It'll distract me from how much I appreciate your intelligence. That's not the kind of song that he would put this in, right? No, but it goes from like a creepy kind of romance, which I can almost get behind, and then objectifies her. Well, I see what you're saying, but I think you're reading a little much into what's just supposed to be a sultry, sexy slow jam. Well, that's fine, but... That was written more than a quarter century ago. Okay. Maybe at a time, again, He still where, sounds like a pedophile in it, well, but... Well, this it was not a society of being <laughs> quite as woke as we are today, mm-hmm. in his defense. Okay. And it was a... This is still super dirty prints. I mean, yes. this is like, I'm going to bring the bedroom into the studio and be explicit about it. Yes. Um, and that's what he did. And there's a lot of things that I do like about that song. Yeah. But there are some things I have some issues with. There so. are. You've got issues. <laughs> I've got issues. All right. Then we move into We March. Yes, we do. An edit of this was included on the UK promo cassette of Dolphin. Right. It was written prior to the Million Man March that occurred on October 16th, 1995, obviously, because this song predated that. But it not only predated the march itself, it predated him knowing anything about the march being planned. It was recorded, written and recorded long before that. Yep, he was asked about it and had what seems like a very honest answer, which was because the song was played at it. And, well, obviously we know this album came out in September of that year. Mm-hmm. The March was in October. The music was recorded well before that. Yeah. So that makes sense. But they did play it at the Million Man March. Yes, they did. Which was great. Yes, Nona Gay has a co-writing credit. Mm-hmm. This is a protest song in the vein of Dreamer or Baltimore. I also saw it as like the yang to the yin of race on come. Like this is Fair. the gold experience version of race um, about social justice and um, making things right. But I thought that um, if you gave me a choice between race and we march, I'm on team we march. Oh, you and me both. Especially from a, not so much from a musical side, but from a lyrical side that where race was more about turning a blind eye it's better even not to know let's just move forward from here and we can get along where we march is much more about getting up taking a stand doing something and making your actions count yeah you know yeah yeah so we've got a spanish intro by maite again and by the way this is the third song in a row that we get without an npg operator segue which is only one of two such stretches on the album Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting we had this stretch of the operator's leaving you alone. She set you up and she's on a coffee break. But Maite says, one for all and all for one. Un para todos y todos para uno. At the beginning of the mm-hmm. song, which I think is neat. We've clearly got this marching beat. There's the sound of uh, uh-huh. like an army marching. Yes, so I thought the rhythm. samples were really well utilized yep. here. There were yells, marching feet, sirens. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. all of it really added to what he was trying to convey with the lyrics and the music. Yeah, um, I thought the chorus is a great example of, you know, the difference between race where he says, you know, in the space, I'm our human, we're all the same. It was more, much more of a passive protest song where... Uh, we march, the chorus uh, goes, now's the time to find a rhyme that's got a reason and frees the mind mm-hmm. from angry thoughts, the racist kind. If we all want to change, then come on, get in line. Now's 
like the learn more button on this album there you go there you go yeah i mean find the rhyme what's the chant you're gonna Mm -hmm. sing that unites us rather than divides us yeah which is great even then talking about not being able to get a loan even if your credit's straight because of your race if this is the same avenue my ancestors fought to liberate how come i can't buy a piece of it even if my credit's straight yeah they movement for racial equality wasn't done oh no not, not even close and not i even, even think close. that the pointing out of things like lines of credit and thinking was pretty far ahead of its time then yeah i think yeah i thought speaking of ahead of its time he says if all the water's dirty mm-hmm. if all the water's dirty and i wanna labor by my damn it. I'm like, wow, that was a long time before we knew that Flint was having issues. Though, Flint, Michigan did just have, I just read an article about this, that they're being given a $77 million loan, quote-unquote loan, from the state of Michigan that will have the debt instantly forgiven once they are given the funds. So it's basically a grant so that they can do water projects and fix their water finally all right i know it's it's good it's too it's taken too long yeah but i had to throw that in there all right next time we march i love that it's got kind of a dual meaning Mm -hmm. next time we march it's the next time we see injustice we'll take to the streets Mm -hmm. and there will come a time when we need to march again yes yeah yep and it's a it's a song of peaceful protest, although with a little bit of a threat also that um, you better watch your back if another leader falls. We can march in peace, but your best watch your back if another leader falls. Like we are going to go about this peacefully, but if we don't see a change, then um, we're going to have to change our protest methods. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of, yeah. it's a cool way of... You know, positioning it that um, you can say we're going to do this peacefully, but we're a strong group of people and we're going to use our strength one way or the other. Yep. And then again, he reiterates what he did in P Control that you respect women. You don't call a black woman or any woman yeah. a bitch repeatedly. If, but at if least this... until a track later on in the album. <laughs> but, yeah. If this is the same sister, you cannot stop calling a bitch. She will tire of this dude's poor behavior. Yeah. She's going to leave. Yeah. And then you won't find a better woman. Mm-hmm. And then don't cry. You made the bed in which you lie. Yep. We can march in peace, but your best. Watch your back if another leader falls. Yeah. So, so it does get in. It goes beyond, you know, social injustice, but also yeah. uh, treatment of, of women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's it good. is cool. Very impressive. Then we have another operator. We do. So She's... here she is to introduce us to a song that we've heard a lot of times before this <laughs> CD came out. Yep. She's preparing us for a complex experience. Yes, she is. Courtship, she... sex, commitment, fetishes, loneliness, vindication, love, and hate. This experience will cover courtship, sex, commitment, fetishes, 
loneliness, vindication, love, and hate. Yep. And she ends with hate and then has this cheerful, please enjoy your experience, <laughs> which That's I find right. so funny. Yes. Please enjoy your experience. Yes. Yeah, I think maybe hate was last on the list because it's the least about least what this song is about. But uh-huh. yes, the, <laughs> it makes for a humorous segue yes. into the song. Uh, so this was the song that was originally released on Valentine's Day, 1994, where mm-hmm. Prince had made a call. He had run advertisements to find the most beautiful girl in the world to star in this video that he was making. Um, and Warner Brothers agreed to allow him to release one song independently, and this was the one. Um, it was the first song to be released on NPG Records, which took the place of Paisley Park Records. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, it was his first number one single in the UK ever. And his last top ten hit in the US. Yep. Um, and it's important to note here that the version on the Gold Experience is slightly different than the single that preceded the album. It's got more instrumental breaks and sound effects added to it. The drums have been re-recorded. Um, and I was thinking about this in preparation to review this album, and I really think that Prince did that so that he continued to own the original version of that song. Yeah. That the version that went on this album was different. Is a di- different recording, and he owned the master tapes to the version that uh, was a commercially successful single. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because this is the only song from the album that is not available on streaming because yep. it is still bogged down in a plagiarism suit brought forth by a couple of Italian writers, Bruno Berganzi and Michelle Vincenzo, Mm -hmm. who claim that it is like their song, Taking Me to Paradise from 1983. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the entire mm -hmm. album, therefore, is not available to stream completely from start to finish. No. Uh, which is a good reason to have the physical disc. Yes. Well, I don't is, think they sound that much alike. I uh, mean, similar, yes. Plagiarism. If uh, old uh, Vanilla Ice no. could get away with If he could get away with it, then this is much less close. Yeah. But anyway, I... There's the faded love is still prominent or still continuing. Okay. We had this front in the Love Simple album. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of faded love when this day turns into the last day of all time. I can say I hope that you are in these arms of mine. Mm-hmm. The end of the world, which we've seen before. Yeah. We've the faded love. We've yeah. seen this before. Think, She'll be the one with him at the end of time. Yes, I think that's a lot of Prince's notion of what true love is about is who you want to be with for eternity. Mm-hmm. And that shows up in a lot of his songwriting. Yeah. yeah. Especially around this time. Yeah. Yeah. The uh I like the sound effects. There's birds and water and a cloth. And shooting stars. 
never fail one by one. And I thought all of that was kind of fun. I was Did not, not like as it? much of a fan. Oh. I thought uh, the all the additional musical breaks and the clock ticking and you know where everything stops and you hear Mhm. I thought it was just a little overproduced and over the top compared to the single version which is a lot more smooth, but either way this I think was Prince's version of Bet You by Golly Wow where yeah. he's just searching for this beautiful melody and it's a pretty song and it's just placing a woman on you know holy ground yeah. almost um and I think it does a great job of doing all of those things and i think you said in our conversations earlier that you know if there's a song on this album that is the most prince-like maybe this is it um you know the way that he could put feelings into words about Beautiful women, yeah, sort of unmatched. Mm-hmm. Yep, we get Mars again. We do. There's a lot and of space. The st- yeah, if the stars ever fell one by one from the sky, I know Mars could not be too far behind. And if the stars ever fell one by one from the sky, I know Mars could not be uh, too far behind. It's no longer a place to cuddle if it's falling to Earth. That's true. I mean, I think that um, the stars would be more damaging than a planet, but it's not going to end well either way. No. So no. I think it was just, again, the end of time. Everything's collapsing, and he's yep. okay with it because she's there with him. Yep. I love that he goes from his falsetto for a lot of the song to this bl- yes. deep baritone. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, the vocal range is fully on display here. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Then we have Dolphin, a promotional single cassette in the US, UK only. Right. Um, it was part of the Glam Slam Ulysses stage show. Yes, it was. There was a video release to VH1 in Europe in September of 94, almost a year before the album's release. Yep. Uh, it was included in an early configuration of Come... Yes, it was. On the surface, it seems to be about reincarnation. Mm-hmm. But if we dig a little deeper, it's a jab at Warner Brothers. Yep. Yep. It sure is. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Uh, it also was on, so a rehearsal of it was on the abandoned album called The Undertaker, but was it got a VHS release in March 1995 under the name Prince. Oh, Dolphin was included and Honky Tonk Woman. You've uh-huh. heard it before. Yeah. Uh, you've heard me play it before. But this was another example of why so many fans were familiar with most of this album by the time it was released. This song had, you know, been heard and played live and was on this VHS video, home video release half a year before and on our anniversary in oh, 1995. Really? March 6th. Aww. Yep. And that was the song that he played live. Uh, on David Letterman's show that I mentioned right. earlier. That was in December of 1994, Jeez. where David Letterman held up this glittery... He had the uh, <laughs> the love symbol like cut out. It was like made of cardboard. It was uh-huh. like a prop. And so when he said, ladies and gentlemen, and he would hold up uh-huh. the love symbol, and it would have like an extra little swirl on it. He'd <laughs> break it off and say, oh, it's a typo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. That is uh, funny. I think I will, Prince was less impressed. But. Yes, he was definitely <laughs> upset. And we'll cover this in the next episode, but he should have known better. Yeah. Um, 
David, I will never forget David Letterman announcing him, and he would he would say he said something like, "The song he's performing tonight is from an album called The Gold Experience," and he would hold up his what looked like a limited edition copy of the Glittery album, and he said, "Which I'm told will never be released." So it makes perfect sense that he's here promoting it tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. <laughs> that was good. It was very humorous. I think that it's a, such a pretty melody. Yeah. Um, and it starts with this like provocative question. How beautiful do the words mm-hmm. have to be before they conquer every heart? How beautiful do the words have to be before they conquer every heart? Yeah. And it made me, I listened to this again this morning and I was wondering... Are they his words that he's talking about? Are they even uh, the words of God? Like you said, mm. it could be seen as a song about re- reincarnation and him talking to God in some points. And this could be one of them. But I think in the end, he's talking about the words that he's writing or the words that he's saying. You know, why can't I convince you to let me do things my way? Mm-hmm. So what is a dolphin a metaphor? If I came back as a dolphin, would you listen to me then? It's got to be a metaphor of some kind, right? I guess um, dolphins are smart. They're free. They're, you know, no one tells a dolphin what to do, I think, is another thing. Maybe it's SeaWorld. Well, there's some that are in captivity, yes, that follow instruction <laughs> in return for food. I don't think Prince wants to be a performance animal. No, I don't think so I either. Maybe then maybe it, that's it. It could also be a fact that he heard the sound effects of dolphins, which are used throughout the song and at the end of the song, which I've heard in commercials mm-hmm. and in other music. They're like all over the place. Mm-hmm. He could have heard, that could have sparked something in him to write a song called Dolphin and to kind of make the metaphor work. So I don't sure. know which came first, him writing the song or maybe hearing a sound effect on a collection of some kind. Yeah, it then, just sparked it. That mm-hmm. was his muse. Yeah. I'll die before I let you tell me how to swim. Mm-hmm. Man, he is over being pushed around by the marketing people at the record company. He's done. Yeah, I don't know that he was ever really even pushed around. I mean, a lot of what he might have felt that way, but they were all part of agreements that he had an opportunity to object to, and then he decided he didn't like the terms of the deal and decided to do this instead and Mm -hmm. not play nice. Fair. I think maybe this line is the one that speaks most to his, not only his own, but his general beef with record companies. Mm -hmm. Why does my brother have to go hungry when you told him there was food for all? He's got solidarity with other artists, record companies, let them starve after promising more. They've told him, oh, you're going to be yeah. this big hit. Or they've and, taken the most valuable part of what an artist right. creates, which And is they're still making money off of it, and these this guy's out here can't yep. get a loan. Yep. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, I think it leans towards grunge rock almost from mm-hmm. the 90s and sort yeah. of fits with Endorphin Machine in that regard. I mean, the, the song, this whole album goes back and forth between grungy rock funk to hip-hop and rapping um, to, you know, social justice songs, um, but it all fits together, you know, nicely. I thought This so. is just a nice turn back to the rock side of Prince, and he played the song well into the rest of his career, so I think. And it was a lot of times when he played, it would be a surprise. People would recognize it and not expect it, and um, it's very cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, we have uh, another MPG operator. She tells us again what to expect. Here's something like Irresistible Bitch, Housequake, or Sexy MF. Other titles in this category include Irresistible Bitch, Housequake, and Sexy MF. Yeah, but that was then. This is now. Yes. So she's telling us, the MPG operator is telling us what to put on our mixtape. Yeah. Uh, These this four fits songs. fits into a category of songs. Uh-huh. Are right. side A of your danceable mixtape. Yes. It had the same... It was, the basic tracking for this song was done the same day as Rapopko Gazippa and uh-huh. Shy. Yep. Uh, evidently, European radio stations got this. In March of 94. Oh, to play. Jealous. (laughs) I know this is a highlight of the album Uh to you. There are Um, so many words to learn, and there's so much fun to learn and sing. Yep. So Chronic Freeze said he lays claim to the toking sound in this. Oh, it was him. Yep. Yep. Light up another one, dude. (laughs) There's a year reference. Yeah. I love it, even if it's late. This is even all... it's references ninety four, but one two one two ninety four didn't right. come out till ninety five. I well, don't care. Yeah, I think it kind of speaks to you know this all didn't fit into Prince's plan. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, very clever lyrics. I think verse writing with the one two one two and then three four three four and the count up from there. Again, well, and then he changes it. He, does. he starts one two one two three four three four. Yeah. Then we kind of get four twice because yep. he goes 40, 45. Yep. 40, 45. Snakes on the line. And then 67, 67. Yes, there are some overlapping numbers here. So don't use this song to teach your children how nope, to count. No, nope, They'll nope. grow up like me, as Prince would say. <laughs> I also wondered if, you know, when he gets to 3, 4, 3, 4, 99. Mm-hmm. 3, 4, 3, 4, 99. She the new hero because she's so divine. I wanted to look up the lyrics, see how they were written, because 99 is the rapper poet, but it's spelled out 90 dash the number nine uh-huh. in the lyrics it's nine nine um but, but i thought he, that uh, says she's the new hero because she's so divine uh-huh so i'm sure it must be 99 i guess i think it must be yeah which i never made that connection no i didn't either and i did not know that 99 uh was the one who was sampled on days of wild with the little part that goes hold on to your wigs no also cool. I didn't 99 know that. Ah. yes yeah yep uh, he again references the his unpronounceable name. Don't yes. worry about my name; it's too long to remember. I could tell you now, but we'd be here till next September. The way about my name is too long to remember. I could tell you now, but we'd be here till next September. Three. It'd be like that. See. Yeah. I, I could go on. I kind of made. Um, 
kind of a little poetic justice that this album ended up not coming out until the month of September. And then he says, uh-huh. till next September, September which was basically the longest, longest yeah. period of time that you, that was just kind of <laughs> coincidence, I guess. I spent a long time when this song came out trying to figure out what was going on in the chorus because there were like three uh-huh. layered parts in the chorus and finally landed on, you know, part one is Prince singing one, two, three, four, come on, come on, freaks on the floor. Part two is singing now, you know, mm-hmm. hey, hey, now. And then another part where it's just going, go, go, yeah. And they're all laid on top of one another to make this kind of shouty party. chorus that is... It's a party. It's great. Party. Everyone is welcome. And again, Prince is our drug. Right. That they're our drug of choice. They say, fill us with the dope track, lick us, twist us, roll us in your mouth, light us up and take a hit. Fill us with the dope track, lick us, twist us, roll us in your mouth, light us up and take a hit. Light us up and take a hit. They are using the drug language and vernacular to tell us that they should be our drug of choice. The music should be our drug of choice. Prince was famous for referring to himself as plural. He would say we a lot. And maybe that's giving credit to other people there with him, but this was primarily all about him. Mm -hmm. Yes. When I know you're pointing to the notes that I was going to say, too, just just about the horn lines when Prince calls out band. Band. And then there are these this horn part that is it's just fresh. so cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I saw it suggested that <laughs> it's flyer to be hungry than fat was yeah. saying that under eating was an endorsed weight loss technique, but it's not F-A-T. No. It's P-H-A-T. Pretty right. hot and tempting. It's cooler to be working hard for what yes. you want than just being yes. a pretty face. Yes, and that I think is also uh, kind of a nod to his approach at this time that I'm okay even putting my brand behind me and starting over and continuing with the chase that um, it's almost like in sports that hunger has got to be the thing that drives you if you get uh, too comfortable then you're not able to, um, you know, produce on the level that you're capable. And that's, I think, is what this song is all about. It's about living in the moment. It's not about then. It's not even about the future. It's, you know, he said this after his contract with Warner Brothers was over, and he would say, now that I'm free, I let the wind blow me. I go wherever the muse takes me. It's about the moment. Mm-hmm. And this song is a great embodiment of it. Absolutely. We get another uh, old movie gangster impression. Yes. Kind of like we did on the Space Remix that we talked about last episode. Yeah. 4045, Schneeks Alive. Say one thing to another. It's chime. We chill on that. I don't need a gap. 4045, Snakes Alive. Say one thing to another. It's time. We chill on that. And again, he's kind of, a gat is a term for a gun that was common in mobster vernacular. Yes. Yep. He did uh, invoke mobster prints a little bit there, too. 
Great song. Yes. I don't know what else to say. It's my jam. I love it. Get funky. Freaks on the floor. Yep. Uh, it's also concise too. I got to say that that you know a lot of what I think drug come down a little bit was the length of especially the title track. I mean, eleven minutes. And yeah. Here we get a much more curated you know songs that um, he even did the song live and mixed it in with babies making babies and other songs mm-hmm. like that. And but on the album version, it is a nice, concise, perfect length song. No fade out. Start and finish, and leaves you wanting a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why I play it over and over again. Yes, you do. <laughs> then we have another operator. This was yeah. originally part of the part of this was originally in the three nineteen track. Yep. So that the length of three nineteen was three three minutes and nineteen seconds, right. and part of it got separated out into this. NPG operator. Yes. So yep. it's actually a repeat of the beautiful experience segue. Mm-hmm. And the woman who's listening to the NPG operator is very frustrated, has had enough. Like, no. You have just accessed the beautiful experience. This experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hits the keys to go to something else. Um, and then after that, we get Prince calling a hotel. The uh-huh. song has got to have changed the traveling lives of every Prince fan <laughs> everywhere. If you end up in a hotel room, number 319, you've got to take a picture of it and post it on your Facebook or Twitter page. Well, and every time you're thinking about posting on Twitter, if it's 317, you're going to wait two minutes to That's post right. because yes. 319. That's right. Yeah. So it's kind of neat to hear him say, 319, please. And then the mm-hmm. operator says, I'm like, hold on connect. while I connect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prince is polite. She seems a little rude. She's French. I know. But he did say please. Yeah. 319, please. I think, again, this is back to funk and roll. Yeah. And this is the song where the innuendos are gone, where Prince is quite direct. I don't think there's anything here that's hidden. He's having a dirty, dirty photo shoot. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's fairly unprofessional. He is. As a photographer. Yep. And he doesn't talk about lighting or makeup. He's just about poses and taking pictures. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a fun college memory of this. I remember studying in your bedroom, in your apartment, and this song was playing. I was laying on the floor, looking at my book, singing along with the song, and I was wrapping a piece of my hair around my finger. Oh. And you laughed at me and thought I was doing it on purpose because I sang the line, you know, you're too hot when you play with your hair. <laughs> and you thought I was doing it on purpose, and I really, really wasn't. You never believed me. It was. You know you're too hot when you play with your hair. Just another, just another thing that you say you do that I don't believe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, is there any more Prince thing to rename a love interest by the number of her hotel room and call her that throughout the entire song and, yet, and make it about taking pictures of her and posing her in different ways yet still somehow not being demeaning yeah. completely? It's very cool. Yeah, I don't know how many people could do that besides him. Me either. Prince interestingly said it was interesting. Prince instru- <laughs> oh, Fuck. Okay, go ahead. Do it again. I'm not going to do it again. Screw that. 
I read that Prince said that the song was inspired by Elizabeth Berkley. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. From, from Showgirls, yes. who was also Jessie from Saved by the Bell. Yes. Tried to break out of her Jessie yeah, box. Good girl. And mm-hmm. chose an awful movie in which to do it. Yeah, but, well, and Prince had a song in yeah. the Showgirls soundtrack, and which you mentioned earlier. And 319 was also in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So very, very interesting. Yep. And yeah, it's. I also saw that it had initially been three minutes and 19 seconds in length, and that seems like a very Prince thing to do and very un-Prince thing to change it around, but I'm sure he had his reasons. Whatever. Yeah. Then we have the penultimate NPG operator, and man, things are going south. Yes, she's there's not some, functioning. No, there's some error noises. We should yeah. need to call IT. Oh, no. We need some help. Yeah. yeah. Did you try restarting your interactive experience? Yes. Did you try turning the gold experience on and off? <laughs> Please access another experience. Then we have Shy. Days of Wild was removed from the album to be able to include the song. Yes. Um, I'm a little angry about that, although Shy is an awesome song. Yeah. We, it's, I think it's cool. You hear this footsteps to kind of start. It's like he's acting out the first lyric in the song mm-hmm. about roaming the streets. And yep. it does sound like Prince. It sounds like someone in high heels mm-hmm. walking outside. Yep. talk about boy gang violence and loneliness and all in a song that's the only one on the album that doesn't have any drums oh yeah basically but because the bass guitar is the star yeah and his steps almost serve as the percussion yeah that's cool Mm -hmm. okay so i remember when i first heard this song i thought it was a reporter because he said i wonder what la is thinking I wonder what LA's thinking. Okay. LA's thinking. Like, I wonder what the city of Los Angeles is thinking. And I always kind of thought it was a little squicky because I thought it was inappropriate for a reporter to have the lyrics lips say won't, but body say might. Like, it seemed inappropriate for the reporter to then be sleeping with this person that he was interviewing okay. it's it's not a reporter no. it's a songwriter in search of inspiration streets right. he roamed in search of a poem uh-huh. amongst the wild and drinking right streets he roamed in search of a poem amongst the wild and drinking it makes much more sense and i'm not squicked out by it anymore okay well good yeah. um i never thought of it that way at all so no, i okay. was never feeling that way okay well good um the gang initiation stuff that you mentioned. Yeah. In the second verse, man, it's sad. Yes. I shot the boy, pop, pop, twice in the head. Yes. I shot the boy, pop, pop, and twice in the head. No so regrets, there. no sorrow, and have to go back the next day to make sure he's dead. If I don't, they'll call me a chicken. Yeah. No regrets, no sorrow. I'm going back tomorrow make sure he's dead. Because if I don't, they'll call me a chicken. Depressing. Yeah, it Very is. Very depressing. Sad. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a little more of the Muggsy delivery. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, which is fun. Lips say no, but the body say might. Fun in a song that's kind of sad, but. Yeah. Um, I saw, I remember seeing both handwritten lyrics by Prince for the song, and it's also in the lyric book at the very bottom. 
when he gets to the end of the song and he says, at the top of the page he wrote, uh, uh-huh. he had titled the page Shy, Shy. and at the top there's of the some, lyrics also. Yep. There's an arrow that goes from one place to another mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to point right at this title of the song, so it kind of makes a full circle. Yeah. And it's very clever. Yeah, I thought so. Then we have Billy Jack Bitch. We do. We do. Um, Prince shares a writing credit with Michael B. Nelson. Yes, the, the horn horns heads. are from a song "New Dell Inn" by the Hornheads. Yes, and I had never heard the Hornheads album, so I made a point to purchase it secondhand mm-hmm. from Goodwill. Actually, recycling. Recycling. Yes. Um, so, hey, I'm helping change lives through the power of work, Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we have New Dell in this track because that album is not on streaming services, um, but you can totally see where the horn section for the song came from, which is what the whole thing is built around. Yeah. Um, so he definitely deserved co-writing credit, although New Dell in I think it's like a jazz standard. It was not an original song by them. It was their interpretation of, of this song, cool. which I think is very cool. Um, did you read? I did not know this. I saw on Prince Vault that Lenny Kravitz sings in the background. Yes. And is uncredited, and Prince Vault claims that it's the only collaboration between Prince and Lenny Kravitz to be released. But as I was reading more on Prince Vault, they have listed that Lenny Kravitz sings background on the song Dolphin also. So really? we need to tweet at Prince Vault and say... Which is right, because they very clearly specify in the song entry for Billy Jack Bitch that this is the only one that got um, released. Prince and Lenny mm. Kravitz collaborated on that got released, but on the page for Dolphin, it lists Lenny Kravitz's background mm-hmm. track, so something's got to be amiss there. Yeah. I never realized that he was there until we started doing research for the song. No, me either. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly, we hear the word bitch. Yes. That's a loop sample of Lion Ass Bitch by Fishbone, which I, I didn't realize. I didn't either. Well, I knew that there was, from reading the liner notes in, on the CD when I first mm-hmm. bought it, I knew that it contained a sample of this Fishbone song. That's nice to know, but I had no idea uh-huh. you know, where it was, and I wasn't really out to buy a Fishbone album. <laughs> Um, I thought that that, uh, that looping sample of the word bitch was Sunny uh-huh. T. Oh. It sounds like him to it me, does. and I thought that that was it. I thought there was something in the music that was sampled from the song, but oh. it is that line, mm-hmm. like you said, which yep. I did not know. You, I'm sure you read about who this song is about. Yes, supposedly. Yes. Cheryl Johnson. Yes, a, a gossip columnist from Minneapolis. Right, although Prince denied that it was about her. Uh-huh. I could see Prince denying that it was about her and in his mind justifying it by saying, well, it's about criticism in general it's not about her it's about her actions uh yeah yeah (laughs) she uh he does call her out though yes very cleverly yes it's a subtle call out yeah joy it's in the dictionary c s e e j right Which is CJ, uh-huh. which is her initials, Comma. Cheryl Johnson. Uh-huh. Comma. Billy Jack Bitch. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. So I think it's very clear that it's about her and he's singing to her. And she was super critical of him at the time and really did uh, have fun with his name change. She and, called him Cymbalina. Yes, constantly. And, uh-huh. um, you know, this is one of 
I mean, there are a lot of great things about Minneapolis and Shanhassen, right? But this is a guy who sort of helped put them on the map. Yeah. And was stayed home, could have moved out of town, but chose to stay there. Proud of where he was from. And yes, did odd things. And this was a period of very odd behavior. But she was pretty aggressive. Yes. You know, going after him. But I don't think she anybody loved this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I bet you did. Well, she said this was so, her. Well, you, why would you be a gossip, a gossip columnist if you didn't? Crave attention. Yeah. And this got her attention from the person that she was targeting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So So it worked for her, I'm sure. Yeah. The other thing I noticed about this song that I had not noticed before and listened to it over and over again was that he does not always say the word bitch. In the background, it's Billy Jack B. Uh Uh-huh. Through a lot of the song, which I thought was interesting, especially since he shortened the first song to P control. Uh Uh-huh. And he's got some self-censoring going on here yeah. also it doesn't make a little it any, early for him yeah it didn't yeah. make it any shorter there was no reason to do it it didn't rhyme with anything <laughs> but yeah what I, I mean i think a good response um during i guess you could call it the bridge of the song when he says what distortion could you let your pen forget today what yes. misfortune left your heart so broken you only say words intended to belittle or dismay what if i say you lie Great writing. Yeah. Really great writing. It's really good. Yeah. And then he kind of, he seems kind of thin-skinned for a big star. Sure. What if I called you silly names just like the ones that you call me? Uh-huh. What if I called you silly names? Just like the ones that you call me. And then he calls her both heartless and unaware of herself. Do you ever really cry? Do you ever wonder why? I also like the way, though, that he... I agree. This was not the first time he was made to be open to criticism, I'm sure, in his 17-year career up to this point. So I think maybe he had to be a little thin-skinned to write a response. He wasn't going to uh-huh. write her back, but he right. was going to do this veiled retaliation. Uh-huh. And the then song. not give her the, the satisfaction, satisfaction of saying it's she was the inspiration right. for it. So if you ever wanted Prince to tell you to take a long walk off a short pier, this uh-huh. is how it would go, right? Where <laughs> yep. he says, open letters aren't the only things that open wounds. Long, hard, shiny rocket ships can fly you to the moon. <laughs> Which I think is great. Uh It's a great way of saying, go go fly a kite. Yeah, (laughs) go fly a kite. Yeah. We talked about this. This song, actually, my college friend, Randy, who we mentioned before, who got into this album a lot, was the one to point out to me the little bass part of the song that goes throughout the entire song. And he said once he realized it was there, it was kind of hard for him to listen to the song without getting fixated on the sound. And now it's like I hear it all the time. Yes, throughout the song. The basic beat and the bass line was reused on a song on Larry Graham's album, GCS 2000, uh, that we'll get to at a later date. So 
Prince obviously had, uh, he liked this track a yeah. lot because he came back to it he a couple times. He had an for it. For sure. And there is a longer version of this song that's got, boy, if you like the horn parts in this song, the longer unedited version of this track has much more of the horn section that uh, Michael B. Nelson led um, and is amazing. So yeah. we'll be looking at that in uh, next episode. Super also. cool. Yep. Super cool. Then we have... I hate you, which is stylized a bunch of different ways. Oh, yeah. The letter I, the word I, E, Y, E, the little I symbol that looks like it's mm-hmm. hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. And then hate and the letter U. This is the first single two weeks before the album's release. Yeah, um, not the song I would have picked to be the single. If Me I, I don't either. Know why, I very why. often don't agree with. Single selections from Prince albums. I does not pick the fun tracks. Yes, you would think. I don't know why. Why a ballad mm. um, when there there's only two on this album? Why why do that um, as a lead single? I don't know. And if you count the most beautiful girl in the world, there's three ballads, and that makes the first single being a ballad and the second single being a ballad. Oh my when gosh. there's not very many ballads. Yes. And that's not what yeah, this album is there's like. There's three of them on the album if you count The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. And, of course, this is one of them. Boy, this is a song about love and hate and about being a victim. Mm-hmm. This is... We've seen Prince do this many, many times before. Position himself as hold harmless status. And then being, in a very cute and hurt way, stuck in this limbo of hating someone but still wanting to show them how good it used to be and winning them back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to say it other than Prince plays the mar- martyr again. The yeah. NPG operator is actually in the song at the beginning. Yeah, which is she's embedded and imploring you to to pick something else. Yes. and But oh, then just enjoy your experience of I hate mm-hmm. you. Do you wish to change your entry? Very well. Please enjoy your experience. Very well. <laughs> Here we go. So this was breakup song yep. for Carmen Electra. Yes, it was. He recorded it yeah. and brought her in and played it for her uh-huh. and then put her on an airplane uh-huh. to Los Angeles because yep. he was done with her. Yes. That must have been hard for her. She was pretty young. She was about poorly behaved from what I understand, but... Um, um, you know, it, again, I don't think that Prince is one to hold harmless <laughs> any relationship that he had that might have failed. There are yeah. two sides to every story. It just so happens that one side is Prince, who has a freaking recording studio and all the talent in the world and will put his emotions into song. So yep. we get his story. We get his side. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so Minnesota. It's so sad, but I hate you like a day without sunshine. <laughs> As Texans. Yeah, we're like, thank (laughs) God there's a cloud. Clouds, look, it's a cloudy day. Oh man, a cloudy day in summer is joyous because you can go outside and hop in the pool and not roast. Exactly. Yeah. So I do, I don't know, this song verged on the edge of what could be clever songwriting to a cheesy, in in a princely way. 
valid. And when court goes into session, we get the spoken word part that I guess, I don't know, it hasn't aged well to me. Um, <laughs> no, but it does reference the previous song. Uh-huh. State your name for the court. <laughs> Never, Never mind. mind. <laughs> Billy Jack bitch. Yes. State your name for the court. Yeah. You are one of those people uh-huh. who I would put in that category. Yes, but also kind of referencing a that his name has changed. State yes. your name for the court. Oh, never mind. Yes. <laughs> we know the court doesn't have time to right. hear you explain your name. Then we have the, uh, he's kind of going back to the BDSM flavor of cum. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd like to have the defendant place her hands behind her back so that I can tie her up tight and get into the act, the act of showing her how good it used to be. I'd like to have the defendant place her hands behind her back so I can tie her up tight and get into the act. The act of showing her how good it used to be. And then I love how this last line is delivered. I want it to be so good that she falls back in love with me. Yes. I want it to be so good. She falls back in love with me. I don't love the lyrics, but I do like a lot of the vocal delivery. Me too. And it wasn't until we started revisiting this album for this podcast that I understood what he was saying there. That, um, and I, like, literally, literally the words he was saying, not not, oh, okay. not what he meant. Yeah. Um, where he said, "So I can tie her up tight and get into the act," and then he goes into this falsetto delivery of the act of showing her how good it used to be. I did not know. I couldn't make out. The act, what he was defining, what the act it was, was. Uh-huh. and so during a dog walk in the last couple of weeks, it uh-huh. finally snapped with me. Oh. oh, that's I've been like singing just uh-huh. vocalization <laughs> of nonsense for all these years, um, and having not visited the lyrics in so long, yeah, it finally hit me that that he was defining the act that he wanted to get into. Yeah, this, I'm just glad we didn't have any mouth sounds. No, so kudos for that. You're talking about the album version of Come. Yes, I am. Yeah, well, this is far beyond the point of them having sex, right? This yes, is, this um, is saying, over I'm going to say goodbye to you. I still love you, but I don't want you here anymore. Yeah. Because I hate you, but I love you. Uh huh. Because I hate I, you. I hate myself a little bit that I love you. <laughs> That's right. That's really what <laughs> this he's is saying. Like Rachel and Paolo. <laughs> From Friends, if you're unfamiliar. Yep. So this song uh, not only was released as a single, but as a maxi single. So we'll see if uh, there was additions or subtractions to the song when we get into that in the next episode. We have mentioned my college roommate and friend, Randy, on this episode. I got to mention him again on this song because I clearly remember the first time he heard this song. And we were in his room or my room listening to this in college. And the guitar solo starts at the end, and he just like his eyes open up, and he went, "Oh my god!" Because <laughs> it was like all of a sudden he just rips into this incredible guitar solo, which is the highlight of the song, and it starts For just sure. like as a complete mess and just screams. And it's a really great if you take an instrument and try to put the I don't know the amount of feeling that he had, even though the song may be a little cheesy, a little silly at this point, but the Emotion in the guitar solo made go. this guy stand up as a you know seventeen year old college kid and go oh my god, 
And I'll know every time I hear it, I think of his face the first time Aww. you heard this song. No. Yeah. Then we have the final NPG operator. Mm-hmm. It's full of errors. And then it resolves. It resolves, <laughs> presumably by Gold. Yes. Welcome to the dawn. You have just accessed the gold experience. The final song in the album. Yep. The finale. Yes. The second and final single that was released two months yep. after the album. Yes, also, uh, I still, I mean, I like, I will say, I like the song. Mm-hmm. I but don't again, like it as a single at it's all. It's not indicative of the album. No, no, it doesn't at all. And it did not do very well. No. Probably for that reason. Yep. We also, um... Get in gold, the song about kind of like Dolphin, appreciating change, not repeating things, looking for something new and excited once it's found. I always thought that the song is, while it's completely unlike Purple Rain, it's hard for me not to look at it as the Purple Rain of this album. The longest track, like seven minutes and 20 seconds long, only has three verses, has this kind of sing-along na-na-na-na-na at the end, which Purple Mm -hmm. Rain has one of those two So structurally, kind of like Purple Rain, but of course, musically, I think very different. And of course, message-wise, very different. And he probably was trying to stay as far away from a song like Purple Rain as he possibly could as a closer to the album. Especially with this being the first full-length album. Oh, yeah. He was trying to prove something completely different. So, Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. So all that glitters ain't gold. Right. Things that are pretty or enticing doesn't necessarily mean that they're valuable or helpful, perhaps like a record contract. Yes, exactly like Mm. one of those. Yep. Um, Yeah, I, I, I do like the way he phrases these things or kind of the start of the chorus where the first time it's everybody wants to sell what's already been sold. Everybody wants to tell what's already been told. What's the use of money if you ain't gonna break the mold? What's the use of money if you ain't gonna break the mold? So a lot of this putting money aside and trying to make it about well, what's important is the journey and the artistic effort and doing something new and not revisiting something that's already been done. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm confused by this line, but hell is not fashion so what you trying to say uh-huh. what is he trying to say but hell is not fashion so what you trying to say um there's an ocean of despair there are people living there they're unhappy each and every day hell is not fashion so what you trying to say i think it's like what are you doing with your life if you're that unhappy if there's so many people who are living in sadness and despair, and that's where they live their lives, you've got to realize that, you know, that that's a lack of probably faith and a lack of realizing what's important Mm, and in danger of ending up on a track to hell. Okay. Or they're already there. That's not my statement. That's what I'm trying to say. He said. No, no, I understand. You're trying to explain 
Yeah, because then he repeats it then later, as opposed to the people who are living in despair. He compares them to a lady 99 years old. Uh She led a good life. Heaven takes her soul. That's a theory. And if you don't want to know, step aside and make a way for those who want to go. So. Uh It's like, get out of the way. There are people who have this faith and are heading in the right direction. And mm-hmm. it's cool if you're not with us, but yeah, don't, don't be stand an obstacle. Yeah. 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 That's cool. We get a storm sound that's similar to the one from Papa. Right. Which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting. I do like the guitar and the na-na-na jams. Yes. For like almost the last portion. two minutes of, there's like a two-minute section near the end of the song. Right. And then you are now an official member of the New Power Generation. Like, cool. You are now an official member of the New Power Generation. Yeah, it's like if I was watching this or listening to this song on my computer, like it would spit out a plastic card with Uh the membership number. (laughs) You get a little badge. Yes, you do. You wear it. Yep. Yeah. And welcome to the dawn. Welcome to the dawn. This is why we didn't get the dawn album because yes. this is it. Here welcome. It is. So it's here like you everything are. Everything from here forward is this is the new dawn. vision that Prince has for himself and his music. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we've reached that point in our podcast. All right. Where we choose some things. We choose a time capsule. Something that is indicative of the time in which the album was recorded or when it was released. We choose a C, the thing that spoke to us the least. Yes. It's not necessarily bad, just the thing that spoke to us the least. Right. And the mountain, the thing that we liked the most. Okay. So. Go ahead. Time capsule is P control. For you, it's P control. It is because the beginning of the album is so like ingrained in, mm-hmm. you know, that point in my life. It's got that early 90s rap, yep. which has its own particular sound. Yes. Yes. Well, guess what? My time capsule is P-Control. <gasps> really? Because of the rap style, <laughs> uh-huh. even the swearing. This was the end of the era of Super Dirty Prince. Yeah. You know, it wasn't far away from the point where he swore off swearing and, you know, tried to push the envelope and he swore, he off, swore off swearing. swearing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, sort of the end of that era. And so I, I go, I hear that song and I think, Oh, it's like the, you know, all, and like I said to Tom Moon, when he interviewed him, all of this stuff, this album is still in the first half of Prince's career. He hadn't even reached the midway point yet. And he was ready to drop his name and start over. And, P control is sort of the introduction to that, you know, this is what this new era is going to be like. And he was uh-huh. fierce and he had, he was a little angry and he was driven. Yeah. And this song sounds like that to me. Yeah. Cool. All right. The C I'm not going to do it after school. Like some homework. Jeez. Oh, I just think, you know, and it, it's a good song. There's a lot of good parts about it, but I can't get over that's fine with me. Weird. I'm not going to hold it against you, but that song has some of the best guitar work in a Prince ballad, and the fact that he Let's sang with his guitar, it's, it overcomes it all for me. Okay, that's fine. you gotta, you got to stop thinking like it was written in 2019 and then I'm realize not, it was written in 93. 
I'm sorry. It's your C. Continue. Well, I'm done. Oh, okay. You can tell me what your C is. Oh, uh, well, my C is not that song. My C is the re-recording of The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Okay, that's I think, fair. Although, it could have easily been the fact that they add, added cowbells to Endorphin Machine. Or the fact that they didn't include Days of Wild on this album, which is where it completely belongs. Yes. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of the re-recording and the sound effects and the additional musical breaks. And I just preferred the single version from 19 months earlier. So I'm not upset that the single version wasn't included on this album because it's like, cool, I get another re-recording of the song by Prince. But I just prefer the original song. Totally fair. Totally fair. And then The Mountain, which I know I, sh- I don't even have to say it to you. Right. Yeah. Now it's by far... It might be my very favorite print song. Yeah. I just, it makes me happy. that you enjoy walking around the house singing, uh, no matter if it's good or bad. And Uh you're a much better singer than me. Oh, you're sweet. Uh, But I don't know that you're the very talented rapper. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's just fun to mime the screaming. Oh, especially the part. And I'll go ahead and give you my mountain. It is the same. Oh, really? I think being just around someone that likes something so much, (laughs) and then I go back to this album, and I'm like, how can I? I can't argue about this. There's a ton that I like about this album. It's probably my favorite Prince album of the 90s. Uh-huh. Probably. It's a close race, but it's. I think it's, it's in the running. But the one scream in this song towards the end where he says, it ain't about this, or he says... This about the freaks do and everything they're right. He just goes <laughs> insane. This about the freaks do and everything Best Prince vocal screams on record, and even that alone is enough reason to contain it. But it also, it's such a fun song live. It's a fun song to sing along with. It kind of sets aside the ugliness of the time period and all of the internal anguish he was going through kind of came out in this song that is at its heart is a lot of fun. Yeah. And goes back to like the Dirty Mind era era of... um, you know, we don't let people tell us what to do or what to wear. We're freaks and we embrace it. And that's sort of present in the song too. So mm-hmm. that's the reason for me to love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great. Fantastic. Will you tell us what we're going to cover next time? You have the list. Yes, I'll be happy to. Uh, next time on the Mountains in the Sea, we're going to take a look at the Gold Experience B-sides and remixes. And those are going to include the song Rock and Roll is Alive was just handed out again at a Minnesota Timberwolves game on Mm -hmm. vinyl, which is very cool. Uh, We've got some remixes of P-Control to look at. We've got uh, the Beautiful Experience uh, maxi single, which which preceded the album and has a number of versions of that song and kind of a cool story behind it and Prince's struggles to get it released. And then uh, also the I Hate You maxi single as well. Yep. All right. Well, we've got plenty to listen to for next time. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us today. And we'll be back with you with all that cool stuff in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. See you soon.